Well, that wasn't that good, was it? It doesn't measure up to other dynamites we've had. And yes, I understand that this week's dynamite was after the pay-per-view, all out, which for half of it was damn near perfect. And the two things at the end, the two reveals, were pretty special as well. Yeah. The rest of that second half, not so fantastic. But some people will love it, and that's fair enough. And I'm sure some people will like um, this dynamite. And they're right as well. And so am I. But you see, starting with Dustin Rhodes versus... Malachi Black it's not great because Dustin may be in the best shape of his life but I'm not really keen on his work even when he was younger and if they're going to push Malachi Black the former Alistair Black so much then you don't put him in the first match with Dustin Rhodes and you don't also have Big Shotty as the one who he's desperate to get at he's been superseded really hasn't he It's his timing's not good Mr. Black, because now you've got um, Adam Cole, Bebe, and you've got CM Punk, and you've got uh, Brian Danielson coming in, and Alistair Black's a bit forgotten, or rather Malachi Black, he's a bit forgotten, to be honest, and this wasn't great. JR, during it, says, uh, talks about them being great wrestlers and said, that's not hyperbole, it, it, it's, that sounds like some kind of video game, it, it is hyperbole, unless he was having a joke I'm not sure about that at one point Malachi Black takes Cody Rhodes' boot from under the ring does nothing with it really there is a very nice Dustin Destroyer for a long two that's really nice actually of course Black gets the spinning pin spinning kick for the pin the spinning ping for the kick either way will work because it doesn't really matter does it nothing's at stake and no one is burnished by this match at all what is one of the highlights of this of this two hours of dynamite is Miro talking about his match with Eddie Kingston and um, and the low blow and saying, I had to ice my balls the day after too. <laughs> Alright, bit too much information. Comparing balls, are you? Maybe, maybe that could be the next match. Here comes CM Punk. Now, CM Punk, I was concerned had overbalanced or unbalanced AEW because when you put him in everyone gets so excited that everything else after it is a bit meh but CM Punk is now going to have to deal with being someone who's not been around for a while and just come back and have to deal with those two new signings who are bigger than him he had a chat you know Brian Pillman's uh, um, Art was there, who of course looked after him. Wonderful to see her. Um, and then we've got CM Punk versus. Oh, he's inter- he was interrupted by Taz, who who he said, "Don't ever interrupt me again." Yeah, all right. Didn't come off as anything exciting. And he's going to fight Hobbs. That's going to be interesting because the first match that he had um, with Darby Allen. Darby Allen can in some ways protect CM Punk but I suspect CM Punk thinks as he said it's like it was like falling off a violent bicycle well you're not there yet mate you're not there yet and the match that you did at the pay-per-view I could see you calling the audibles the action wasn't great and Hobbs can't protect you so this could be a bit of a problem 
I think they're putting you in it in with him too early, to be honest. And then we've got Hobbs versus Dante Martin. Talk about him and he will appear. It's okay, Hobbs brutalises him. There's a very nice leap over the top from Dante Martin. There's a good Hobbs powerbomb for the pin. That's all we've got. It's not great. And then we're on to Dan Lambert. Because he is with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Remember them? Yeah. They used to be a tag team. In fact, they used to be well-respected singles wrestlers. Not anymore, though, eh? Dan Lambert speaking for them. They don't need it because they both can speak for themselves. I like Dan Lambert, Dan Lambert behind the Dan Lambert behind the stick, but he's not needed there. They weren't on the pay per view. I'd forgotten all about them. Well, not really, but you know they haven't been around for a while, and they haven't been given anything exciting to do. They have been forgotten. There's too much talent here in AEW. It's acquisitive, and I understand why it is. But you've got to do stuff for people. Anyway. He just badmouths AEW, sets up the I hate to hear that AEW chant. AEW. That's it. <laughs> there's nothing else. It, there's no outcome. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are forgotten. And it was a bad move them coming to AEW right now, in my view. Gotta do something good with them, Tony Khan. Or you've just seen what's shiny over there and forgotten what's still shiny over here. That's not good. Now we've got MJF, who generally, I've said over the past few weeks, has sort of lost a bit of his mainstream heel appeal. Mainstream heel appeal. He comes out, and without the pinnacle, because the pinnacle are one of the reasons why he's struggled so much, when you put him with a kind of middle-ranking team like FTR... With, t- with or without Tully, and Wardlow, and Sean Spears, they're middle-ranking people. I've said this from the beginning of the, of the pinnacle, and it's rubbed off on him, and that's not good. And, of course, he lost to Chris Jericho in the at the pay-per-view, and they leave him to do some attacking. You know, there's quite a nice... Uh, you see someone in the... In the, in the um, in the crowd. Oh, okay, 16 and pregnant. What you got to say? He goes, what do you want, what do you want to say now, nah, Preggers? That's quite nice. I like that. She happens to be Brian Pillman, uh, Brian Pillman's sister. And out comes Brian Pillman Jr. I want to fight you. All of that sort of stuff. So now MJF is fighting Brian Pillman Jr., is he? Well, he was supposed to be your chief heel. And Brian Pillman is not at the top of the card. So... MJF has slipped down hugely. He's been hobbled by this pinnacle thing. Sometimes it works for people. It works for Jericho because he has a different personality. He's broader and wider. He's a tweener. So it works for him. If you're just a heel, I say just a heel, it's very important that and very important you get it right. But if you're a heel and you can't be a tweener, then you need the right people around you. And the pinnacle are not the right people for MJF. Okay, Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soso. That's a Soho. Right, Soho, Soso. Anyway, it's okay. It's a tight match. It's quite enjoyable. Of course, Ruby Soso wins. And then she goes to hug the referee. He was quite happy to receive that hug. Why are you hugging the referee? Of course, Britt Baker attacks her, so we've got that coming up. And they're pushing Ruby Soso to the roof. Next, we have a trios match. 
it's got meh stamped all over it. FTR and Sean Spears versus Uno and Stu and Silver of the Dark Order. I really don't like what they're doing with the Dark Order stuff. It's almost as if Hangman Page, we need to get him away from the Dark Order. We haven't seen him for a few weeks, have we? And um, so the Dark Order, we need to do something with them. So we'll give them problems. Well, I really liked the negative one, Dark Order stuff. You know, don't forget somebody called Brody here. And there's still a great feeling for Brody King, to be honest. And um, sorry, Brody Lee, to be honest. And I think that their kind of happy, happy stuff and their comedy really works. And they can do that. And there were standout stars like Silver who were coming through. That's the sign of doing work where people don't even need to book it, but they've got their booking fingers in there and said, I know, we'll turn them against each other. That's not what I want to see. I don't want to see another nasty faction. I want to see a faction that's like the polyphonic spree, all really lovely and wearing long robes and all that, and enjoying themselves and getting overexcited. I really like that. And it's almost as if they don't know what to do with it. They can't book it. So we'll do something else with it. That's such a shame. And this is okay, you know. It, it's nothing special. At one point, Shivani says, uh, Chris Daniels, uh, oh, Bri- 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 Brian Danielson. Right? Uh, who is it who's going to be talking to us later? Okay. There is a very nice Dax sling- slingshot suplex, which is um, something that his mentor, Tony Blanchard, would do. He's interviewed afterwards, by the way, saying that some people are not real managers. Sting's not a real sort of manager. Well, he's not, is he? I don't know where you're going with this, mate, but he's challenging all over the place. And it's, it's all a bit scattershot in, the, in this two hours. We get um, a nice uh, pickup, a nice uh, um, Uno pickup, and Stu Elbow is nice, but of course they lose because they start fighting with each other. And it is quite nice that when they do fight with each other, people like Colt Cabana and... Um, and um, Stu Grayson getting upset about this. And they seem to be turning on Silver, and I wonder whether they're going to remove him from the Dark Order. That would be a shame, because she can shine within the Dark Order and help them all. Such a shame you have to get your fingers in there, booking committee. Here comes Sally Guevara with those signs that the audience don't like. And although he's doing better with the signs now, so he's not pausing so long, he's giving us uh, some more fluidity there and pointing to them and doing all that kind of stuff and adding more sort of um, charisma with it. It's not the best thing they could have done with him. I know, let's get someone who talks really well and who's really over and give him, and give, give him a, a gimmick where he's got a few signs and he's mute. Yeah. Okay, so Adam Cole's out then next. There's no boom for him, but there's a big baby. They really like him. That, that um, intro music's good, isn't it? But it sounds really like Mega Blast from a Sweet Street Sweeper Social Club, doesn't it? Have a listen to it, see what you think. It does a kind of anti-kayfabe thing where he says to Shivani, I know you're very close with Britt Baker, but if I find you treating her badly, I'll... Oh, yeah, yeah, we know that you're together. You don't need to do that. That kind of insider shit is really boring, to be honest. And then he tries to become a bad guy by saying, get out of the ring, nerd, get out of the ring, nerd. Keep going, I've got something to say, get out of the ring. It's not going to wash this, and it's going to turn 
the supposedly hated elite, and he does say, now I'm here, the elite is complete. That's a great line. But it's going to turn the elite into some kind of tweener team. We don't need that, do we? They're supposed to be bad guys. Adam Cole is going to bring them to that kind of, well, you've got to admire them and like them, haven't you? I quite like them, actually. That's not what the management and the booking team want. Omega, of course, says the pay-per-view was ruined because I was interrupted by... Brian Danielson's doing exactly what we expected. All he is doing is saying, I'm going to challenge loads of people and smack them up. That's all he's doing. He's not doing anything special. At the moment, we we remember what he did with the WWE and ROH. And that's something that we like. And so, we'll give him a chance, but Adam Cole looks more sure of himself and to have a surer position. I don't think it'll be long before you've got Christian, who's not even around in this dynamite and really not... Even though you put a belt on him, it's not really worked and he's still a bit sort of disregarded. So I don't think it'll be long before you get Christian and Punk and Danielson in another faction. Because in AEW we need a faction, don't we? We've only got 55 of them so far. And then we get Moxley versus Suzuki. Tell you what, Suzuki took a nasty cut above the eye. I don't know whether he bladed or not, but that really, that blood was really flowing. And um, it ended in a very strange way. More on that in a minute, but this was what people expected. You're not going to get a long match out of Suzuki versus Moxley. And it was lots and lots of brutality. Each one saying to the other one, I'm more powerful than you. I can take more punishment than you can. I bet you can't. I bet I can. It was really that. And if you enjoy that kind of stuff, the moves as such, to punches and things like that, and backdrops and stuff, and drop kicks. It was a drop kick from Suzuki, which is nice to see. And in the end, Moxley got the pin via a butterfly suplex. And I'm not quite sure whether that was the intended ending or not. Certainly, he was walking about a lot at the end. And I thought, you're filling for time here because you expected it to go a bit longer. I could have expected, I could have liked it to go a bit longer, actually. Not sure if something went awry there. And actually, most of this program was a bit awry. They're storing up problems for themselves. AEW, I've been saying it for ages. Too many factions. Too acquisitive. People being forgotten. Not creating that kind of link from um, the ring to the angle. I've said this ages ago. WWE, angle to ring. And I don't like it. No, I do a lot of other people. AEW, always ring to angle. And that's what solidifies everything. Now you're not getting so much of that. And there's quite a lot of booking on the hoof or suppose on the, on the hoof. I've just been told by, by Tony Khan, we don't need to keep it fresh like that. They're storing up problems for themselves. And I've not really liked an episode of Dynamite for some time. But I did like that first part of the pay-per-view. Let's see what happens next week. I'll be watching inevitably and it's still better than WWE. But it would really have to go some to be poor as that at the moment. However, I can see them backing themselves into a corner. And they should make a beeping noise when they reverse so fast. Ta-ta.